on winning the County Under 21B uh, final. They beat Kilnall. Um, last week we didn't really have a lot of time to congratulate Thurlis Sarsfields on winning the A equivalent of that. We have a lot of schools camogie to cover as well. Martin Fennessy of Clamell Boxing Club will join us and a lot of local soccer to talk about as well with Barry Ryan. But let's start tonight's show by hearing from David Power who spoke to the Assembled Media after we lost by three points to down in the first round of the National Football League Division 3. It finished down 2-11 Tipperary 1-11. This was David Power's reaction at the full-time whistle. Probably missed four or five, probably five frees that were really scorable. Um, um, don't, like I thought both teams were making mistakes but then we were really punishing us um, but second half yeah look we're very very good um, um, they don't, but no look there's, there's way more positives to be taken out It's we must build on the second half performance now for for um, for the Cavan match um, and, and that has to be our focus but yeah look I think if we can build on the sec- second half but if we go back to the first half we were, we were just at sea and um, we were too slow we were going across we were too passive in our play it was just very very slow um, you know, but once uh, once we got uh, once we got going and, um, and pressing down I thought we were very very good and we probably left a couple more chances behind us as well yeah like I suppose Steve O'Brien came on um, Mark Russell came on Donnelly came on uh, I thought Carl Dealey came on I thought he did very well too and Conor Cadell so yeah so overall yeah and look hopefully we'll have a couple of more bodies back over the next couple of weeks as well but yeah that's the kind of frustration thing if we had our probably our our strongest 15 out I think it's a game looking back on it now I think we're after leaving behind us I don't know I thought we were that bit better I thought we'd I thought we'd down under serious pressure there in the second half but I suppose ultimately the first half displays after customs. I suppose there was one interesting stat that came to my attention the free count was 16-5 um, I thought every time we were trying to come out of defence down or fouling um, and I thought like, the referee was very slow Like I thought there should have been way more cards given I thought it was purposely it was, it, you know, uh, they were well drilled I thought Mikey O'Shea they had it all well sussed there were different people fouling Mikey O'Shea for example and I was disappointed with that also I thought the substitutions as well um, they were so slow coming off I thought there should have been even more minutes added on mm-hmm. um, so look there are things that we can't control don't, we can't control that but ultimately what we can control is our performance the first half performance wasn't good enough the second half was very very good but then we must push on mm. it's, just, it's just reset it's just reset we, don't, we're, I think all the players were disappointed as well um, don't, um, so it was just important for us just to reset and get going again and I suppose look, there's no point in saying otherwise we, we brought on a probably a couple of key fellas that made a difference as well and you know, that's something that we'll be looking at next, next Sunday Connor Sweeney's too early to say there's no point in trying to speculate you know, but it is it a knee a leg, injury it's knee. A knee injury yeah so look it's um, that is worrying and look it's worrying for Connor um, but look we'll have to wait the next 48 72 hours we'll probably know more the Connor Sweeney's injury now I'd be, I would be concerned about there'll be no point in saying but again we just don't know we just don't know what it is at the minute but it is it definitely is his knee yeah yeah. well look I suppose it's no secret the way we've been trying to play we've, we had Stephen and Shawnee and Connor inside and don't, I suppose that has been working well so I did it was it was unfortunate we just couldn't start Stephen there was only there was only we were, we were we were told to hold him and, you know, so like we just had to hold him for a half and look that's a big positive 
Stevens after getting a whole half. Mark Russell's after getting game time. Um, you know, so there's there's don't there's plenty of positives, and don't over the next couple of weeks, hopefully we get other fellas that are not warned in the 26 back as well. So don't because we do need everyone. But oh, like uh, I thought, even some of the young fellas, Kyle Dealy, I thought was very very good there tonight. Mm-hmm. So like it is pleased, you know, like there was some pleasing aspects of it. But we must be on the second half. If we go back, if we're slowing the Taju up and Kevin, we're going to get it alive up there. Um, so th- that's going to be important. And look, this league, and it's proven, this league is going very, very tough. And the small margins are going to win the game and lose the game. And you know, at times, even there in the second half, just at the end, we did one or two stupid decision make. You know, fellas going for shots that probably shouldn't be going for shots. We should have just kept the ball, be a bit more patient. Um, but look, look, it's definitely something to build on. That's David Powers speaking to the media after the game on Saturday night, accentuating the positives, it's fair to say, David was doing there, which I suppose is his job. Martin Quillivan's on the line. Good evening, Martin. Evening, Ronan. How are you? I'm okay. Before we go any further, just as we came off air last week, last Monday night, um, a press release was issued to tell us that Robbie Kiley had decided to hang up his inter-county boots. A quick word on Robbie, because a great servant, and I think people need to bear in mind that, like a lot of others who play inter-county for Tipperary, he was living quite a way away from the county, and that commitment of travel, maybe three times a week, is not insignificant. Himself, Bill, and Kevin were a marvellous half-back line when we won the Munster Cup, Munster title uh, in 2020. Yeah, we were, and you know we we both remember back to Robbie getting a you know we still say an unjustified black card. I'll never forget it. That's, that's, that's living and, in my head uh, for the last yeah, seven um, years. From 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 was it David Coldrick, and uh, you know at that time we got a black card. You were gone. You were substituted, but you were gone out of the game and losing your centre back at that stage. Uh, you know proved to be a, a, a step too far for that tip team against Mayo in the 2016 All Ireland semi final. So yeah, Robbie, a fantastic serve. Uh, broke through uh, like Conor Sweeney and Peter Atchison with the 2010 success uh, in winning the Munster on 21 uh, title and um, was pretty much an ever-present since. You know, was was living in Tip Town or in around Tip Town because he played at Ardell Rovers for, you know, his younger age and obviously then, you know, probably got nearly, must be 10 years ago, if not a little shorter, that they moved back to West Cork and he transferred to Carberry Rangers and I think I remember seeing him either winning or certainly playing in a Cork senior football final. Uh, no, Robbie doesn't owe Tip anything. He's a, he was a huge servant on, on, on what will probably prove to be a golden generation and he was a mainstay of it and um, yeah, he'll be a loss but you know, he's 32 years of age now and I think he it now leaves Conor Sweeney as the only one of that 2010 true, group yeah. left, in, true, left yeah. in, involved. So, uh, you know, time passes very quickly. And, you know, we were looking at the match on Saturday night and what struck me was the impact Stephen O'Brien had when he came on. Uh, a huge impact. We, we, he obviously, David couldn't start him or was told to hold back and maybe not get, there wasn't 70 minutes in him yet. But Stephen O'Brien is going to be pivotal to tip he is, and he's he's probably one of the the, the the key players that if we can keep fit, and uh, it seems to be this this conversation every year, isn't it? You know, it's it's a huge ask for what ten or twelve matches that the, every intercounty team faces over the course of probably fifteen or sixteen weeks, and there's no no county is going to have all of their team fit and available for every game. And I think that's going to be one of the recurring teams of this year. And I think, you know, from a Tipperary perspective, keeping Stephen O'Brien fit and involved is critical. You saw his introduction. I mean, he was on the field 15 seconds and he was marauding through the middle of the field and set up a point for Conor Sweeney, which was ironically 
uh, Tip's first shot at goal from play in the entire game yeah. as we'd gone through the first half with no shot at goal from play so Stephen brought that the ability to just kind of break a tackle break a line and get into the danger area and uh, there's probably you know a lot of the other Tip players they'll have to you know physical development to do to be able to do that Stephen certainly can and um, there's open that, that hamstring injury is holds up and he's able to get serious minutes in the field because uh, he is pivotal to our, to our group One texter says the following to us we didn't score from play against Derry in 2020. Our starting forwards didn't score from play last year against Limerick. We couldn't break down a defensive Carlo last year. One would think we'd learn from the Carlo game, but no, we still can't break down the blanket defensive down in the first half. It seems every team in the country knows how to beat Tip. Yeah, it's, I suppose in a way, look, the management would probably point that there has... You know, each one of those years has almost meant a new team the following year and it's very hard to maintain momentum and style and coaching. You're almost restarting them from, from, from scratch the following year. But yeah, it was very noticeable the first half. Uh, on Saturday night I thought it was played in Down's terms they were clearly the better team they seemed faster stronger slicker and were able to get back and defend us and almost force us back to the to, to the lateral football that drives all the supporters mad over and back but there just wasn't a pass on inside we obviously were hoping to bring it to the 45 and then deliver it as quick as possible into the full forward line uh, but Down delayed us enough through whatever tactics or, or just good tackling and it meant that when we when the ball was delivered in you know the, the inside forward didn't have much hope because he was surrounded by at least two defenders and you know the first defender just broke it and the second one swept it up and time and again that was a rock we perished on and um, yeah it is a challenge it is a challenge with a, a young team that still are as I, I would say physically have to develop a little bit more and you probably do need Ronan you know you're the nearly only way about that is you're looking for strike runners hitting the line you know at the right time and the dubs had capture that took them a couple of years you remember them struggling with Donegal in 2012 and you know they kind of Jim Gavin worked it out um, and I think what it is is you don't go in ones and twos you probably go in threes to try and attack a little bit of space and it's two passes and one runner and you're in um, and that's kind of what we have to do but that just takes working on and like I said it takes all the players kind of been on message uh, at the key stages of the match but uh, yeah definitely you know down, down gave us a bit of a schooling in that first Staff, to be quite honest, and um, you know we were probably a little, a wee bit lucky to be only six points down at half time, and that was the negative. There was very, very few positives in that first half. We missed freeze, you know, uh, that we would normally get. Uh, we no shot from play, as we said. We didn't, we didn't seem to have set up with a kind of a cover player. So when we went forward and got turned over down broke into a lot of grass a lot of space and uh, we're at our kind of forward line tavern got a goal but also caused a lot of problems because there was just no cover for the defenders that were left behind but you know in fair in the second half I thought the players were much better you know they were more aggressive in the tackle they seemed to push up and down now a couple of things obviously um, you know the down had a man sent off five minutes into the second half so we played most of that half against 14 men and undoubtedly down probably where you know they they slowed their game slowed a little bit, but we were very competitive in that second half. The introduction, as you said, of Stephen O'Brien, but also Mark Russell, who seemed to have only two or three kicks of the ball, but you know two wondrous scores again. And in fairness, Donnelly, who hadn't been involved for a couple of years, came on and kicked two points. Um, you know, brought us right back into what two. We were back to three 
three points uh, when Mike, Mikey O'Reilly kind of made a, a mistake he'd be disappointed with uh, just lost a high ball behind him and presented a, a simple enough goal chance it was probably balanced out because a minute later I think Down nearly broke the crossbar with a with a rasping shot that hit the crossbar and bounced the line and came clear so maybe they balanced each other out but that goal certainly kind of was the, 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 the final nail in the coffin and uh, you know it, it, it continues a trend Ronan because I think by my reckoning you have to go back to 2018 when we had a, a great victory down in Cork the, uh, the very first game and the opening of the new Parky Cueve um, we beat Cork in the first round of the league we haven't won in the first round of the league game since you know we've we've drawn with Waterford we drew it down in Clonmel one year we lost up in Mead we lost against Limerick in the Covid years and obviously lost to Down again this year so you know we're, we're, we are notoriously slow starters in the league and nearly always playing catch up and you know here's another year we're just going to have to do the same thing again and it doesn't get any easier No it doesn't and, and, and Tom McGrath is with us uh, Martin so just one sec Tom a uh, quick word on what the importance of the of the Cavan game now because it's a big long spin up to, to Breffney Park and we're going to have to get something from that We are but I suppose <clears throat> you say what did we get over the other night we got a bit of a drubbing for 20 minutes but in a division that's probably going to be very tight at both ends and you know being realistic about it, which end are we going to be looking at score difference is going to come into it either ways and I think the fact that we knuckled down and brought got an eight-point deficit back to a three-point deficit was, uh, if you're looking for small things, it was a victory in itself. But, I mean, we can't be just satisfied with something like that. Martin has covered a lot of the little bits that were, that, that, that were well, little bits, big bits that were wrong early on. But the transformation that came in the second half, we were more eager, we were playing go-forward ball, and there was a bit of a cutting edge all right. But you're going to need a fully fit Stephen O'Brien and Mark Russell. They brought, they brought a lot to the thing or will bring an awful lot more to it, I think, when they get get more match time into their body. I'd also, uh, not to cut across you, I'd also include Colonel Kennedy in that, who I think has the ability to go forward, at, you know, be aggressive, uh, run direct, have a direct running style, win ball around midfield. Uh, he, I, I, He's missed. Yeah, well, like anybody, anybody with pace and the six foot plus is an asset, you know, Going, going forward with the ball because like the other night when you were you were trying to get forward with the ball particularly in the second half you were depending on Mikey O'Shea and to a lesser extent Liam McGrath to carry the ball like or maybe one of the half backs but they're not going to create the same there wasn't lads queuing up to, to come out to meet Stephen O'Brien when he went in that first run like that the whole thing just opened and a little bit more of that and you're playing on the front foot and get the the right fellas in into possession that's how that's how you're going to create chances then for the forwards inside Martin yeah, I know. I mean, you know, if you mentioned Robbie Kiley. We do remember Robbie, Bill Maher. They were very, very good in the half-back line. And, you know, the, the newer lads that are in there now are not quite there yet. Uh, Kevin Fahey normally is, but I think, you know, Down had tagged Kevin and, uh, you know, kind of stopped his run at source. Um, I think, unfortunately, Conal Kendi made probably, I think he's out with a stress fracture to his leg at the moment. So I certainly probably won't see any action. Uh, until deep in the league, which, as you're right, he, he is a loss because he gives you that. Uh, and as is Paddy Fian, yeah. uh, another player who, who could operate in that kind of middle third and break lines. Because I think the plan this year was to try Stephen O'Brien in at 14, big presence, you know, potential of, of, of winning, you know, a lot of marks in there. And uh, well, with with Connor on one side and and Sean on the other, perhaps. Yeah, as well. and, and in fairness, I mentioned earlier about the, the tactic of kind of delivering it into the inside forward line as quick as possible in the first half. Uh, you know, you were doing that without a Stephen O'Brien in there. 
and that, you know, he would have, as, as Thomas said, his size would have caused down other problems that we badly needed, uh, you know, to be asking them those questions. And, um, you know, second half, I think it was, a, it, you know, it was a marked improvement, as Tom says, and, uh, you know, a lot of positives to, to kind of build on. But, um, you know, the, the, the big negative, I suppose, uh, is, is the injury to Conor Sweeney, and we just don't know how that's going to play out because, uh, you know, there's no calculating the last corner would be even for a game, but it might it might be longer than that um, based on the initial stories. I'm going to uh, turn to Hurl in a second, Martin, just before I let you go, um, and it's a bit of a, a, a sideways question. Should the All-Ireland Club Senior Football Final be replayed? <laughs> um... Morally, yes. <laughs> but okay, I'll put it to you another way. If commercials I found... Sets, I think it sets a huge precedence. I'd say that a lot of people at club matches up and down counties as the year goes on counting the number of players and did the sub come off. Interested on Saturday night, the referee and his linesmen seem to have a different tactic. Now, Down exploited it. Made three substitutes in the second half and the three players, I think David alluded to, yeah. couldn't have walked any slower off the field. But the referee didn't allow the game to restart until the linesman took his flag down which indicated that the player being substituted had passed them on the sideline heading for the dugout. I wouldn't um, have thought that having the correct number of players on a field was not that difficult to enforce. Yeah, in fairness. And look, you know, just to say that obviously there was a Tipperary man in the middle of the field in that club. Yeah, it didn't make any issue. Yeah. And I thought Derek had an excellent game refereeing. You know, in credit to him, I thought he was very, very good. Just misfortunate that, uh, you know, it was for whatever reason, whether it was the fourth official, Tom might know more than a practicing referee. But <coughs> if there is a rule around it, that it just seemed in the, you know, in the very last seconds of the game, that there was a miscommunication from the line inwards and the game was restarted when maybe it could have been held. Uh, I, I think the lessons are learned, and I say, judging by what I saw on Turles Saturday night, the referees have been instructed to absolutely follow the procedure in make sure that players being substituted are off the field before the game restarts. But, um, you know, in terms of your first question, Ronan, I think morally the, 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 the match should be replayed, but I actually think that the GA won't. I think there's a meeting tonight, and I think both clubs have been asked to attend. So I'd imagine Coke Park is a hive of activity at the, as we speak, and uh, we'll wait and see what happens. But um, Maybe the law library is a hive of activity as well, you never know. It could. It could set a big precedence one, and if there is a replay, yeah, um, we'll watch that space. Can kind of, uh, count. I can remember Kerry getting a goal against the Balloon, can a Balloon Tralee into the side net, and then we didn't get any replays. So yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. Kerry into the side net. Maybe we could get that replayed as well when they're at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, thanks Martin uh, we'll, we'll certainly debate that one right through till midnight tonight I appreciate you that uh, Martin talk to you soon thanks for your time tonight thanks um, stay where you are um, Tom because a quick word on, on next the, the start of the National Hurling League and what does Liam Cal need to learn in the say the opening two or three games do you think well it's like learn to quit he's got plenty of game time into players oh, what will he need to learn in the opening three games of the league you know um I suppose try and get as near to a settled 15 as he can. Get 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 to a settled 15 as soon as possible, I would think. Get Go go at it from the start. You have Leash, you have, you have Leash in the first match and that's a match you have to target. You have to, you'll be expected to win that. You'll be expected to win against Antrim. Uh, Dublin will be the next one. So you get your settled outfit for the, the bigger, the bigger test. Now I'm not trivialising the teams you're playing like, but then you have um, you, you have you have Watford and Kilkenny as your big two matches. 
get through to the playoff stages and get match time at a higher as high a level as possible into players. I think that's 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 the important bit like. Yeah, it's 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 it it's the way this fixtures have been set up allows them the opportunity to do quite a bit of experimentation before those final but two games. There's exper- but there's ex- experimentation and experimentation. I think you have to start with uh, as near as you can to your your strong, your strong, the strongest fifteen, your best fifteen available to you on a given day, because we know there's there's Fitzgibbon and stuff like that going on as well. Like so, it doesn't make sense. I think the 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 county senior squads put now fellas that have played Fitzgibbon on Wednesday, put them out at the weekend, and they play Fitzgibbon again the following week. Use the use the other players that stay or get get as near as you can to 70 minutes into them and use the Fitzgibbon lads for a little while if you have to but uh, it doesn't it's not it's not fair to players No, no that, there's a lot of Fitzgibbon they're doing that, that so, home, so look there's an awful lot of things happening in, in the kind of background that Liam Cal and them lads they have no real control over but they they have to manage player management is important too like but results it's a results driven game run as we well know oh. like, so that's important too and then when you get the results it's what the performance is like so people will be searching they'll they'll analyse they'll nitpick until they find something wrong like, that's the unfortunate thing about <laughs> human that's, human nature like. that's why we have a show here every Monday night <laughs> listen I gotta fly and thanks for your time Tom okay Ron take care good luck thanks Tom McGrath head of the National Hurling League which gets underway next Saturday night as far as I know um, anyway let's take a quick break back in a minute Extra Time on Tip FM brought to you by La Hearts Skoda the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary check out lahearts.ie for their latest offers yeah, don't forget nominations for the January Sports Star of the Month should be sent into sportstar at tipfm.com. That's sportstar at tipfm.com. Some really good nominations coming in already in the course of the last 10 to 14 days. Let's turn to ladies football because we had a good win again. We played Cavan in Feathered. Seems to be a, a good ha- haunting haunt for us out in Feathered at the town park. And uh, we won again. So let's hear from Ashley Maloney who spoke to Stephen Gleeson at the full time whistle in Feathered. Um, good, yeah, obviously it was nice to get the win and I think the scoreboard didn't really reflect what actually happened on the pitch. Cavan missed two goals, the chances there in the last 10 minutes. Um, but look, we just want to get over the line and it's all about getting over the line in the league. Yeah, you had a good start in it, you got a penalty in the start of the second half, you converted that and you pushed on from there. Cavan were forced to go for goals and uh, the wind was very strong there during the second half as well. But uh, you just kept going and kept the scoreboard ticking. Yeah, I think one thing we're trying to do is trying to control the game, I suppose. You know, when we go ahead, um, it's about kind of trying to control and get the momentum swinging back on our side again, and that's something we're definitely working on. Um, I think there, for a good period of 10 minutes, though, we didn't have the momentum on our side, and Cavan were obviously, as I said, unlucky not to convert two goals there, but um, we're learning as a team. We're young, there's new girls in, there's new girls pushing for places, and it's keeping those older ones on our feet. Yeah, so you're back now, second game back after injury. Uh, long road back for you with that knee injury, but uh, you recovered well. Yeah, I'm back now, back back for good, hopefully. Um, look, obviously, if it was happening again, you just have to take it that it's bad luck, but that's something I've forgotten about now. I've moved on, and it's all in the past for me personally, and look, I'm just delighted to be back again. I suppose the last time I was involved with them, no, we were just surviving up in Division 1, whereas it's great to be back in an environment again where we're winning. It has been a tough few years for Tip Ladies football, um, in the league in particular, and in championships, so I suppose Peter now and his management team are all about driving on and seeing can we just push ourselves a bit more and drive on the standards yeah there's a lot of good young players there we saw Lucy Spillane at six from Feathered here in this brilliant facility here in Feathered Town Park where your matches are great crowd great atmosphere great energy 
Great energy, yeah, and I think ladies' football in general across the country is increasing, but I think tip ladies' football, there's something special there. There's good people involved and there's special people in it for the right reasons, and you could see that coming. It's kind of prospering with the last few years, but it's actually surprising to see so many. I think there was 500-plus at our game last weekend. There was definitely double that there today, and look, if we can keep trying to get over the line and maybe build momentum, that will obviously add to it too. Yeah, so like the games are here in Feathered, the home matches, and this is going to be a fortress, I'm sure you'd hope, but to be like that anyway. Yeah, look, it's unbelievable. And the guys here in Feathered, you know, the caretaker, um, like they, they're so good to us. They go over and beyond. Um, we even we even see caught them today. They're in a temporary jack and we thought it was so nice because they actually feel a part of our team here in Feathered Town Park. Um, you know, they go over and, about and beyond to help us out on nights of our training here. And it's just, it's amazing to think that this is on our doorstep only 20 minutes away, this type of facility. But it's not only us that are great, getting great benefit from it. The other night here on the grass pitch, you could see people playing rugby and you know it's a lot of um, growth for youngsters coming off from around the area in South Tip in general Yeah so you roll on now another match next weekend 3.13 to to, the 10 today and like you just keep going now it's uh, next game next week Next game yeah as the saying goes you're only good as your last game so I suppose an element of it is looking back what can we do better an element of it is parking it because as much as what we won obviously as I said there's things we're not happy with so Look, we've we've another tough game next weekend and it's taken it a game at a time and hopefully we can build something from it. That's Ashley Maloney speaking to Stephen Gleeson after Sam Lambert's on the line. Good evening to you, Sam. Hi, Stephen. How are you? I'm good, Sam. 3.13 to 10 points. I mean, Ashley was uh, playing it down a little bit saying that the scoreboard didn't reflect how good Kavanagh were or how many chances they had, but a 12-point win is a 12-point win. Yeah, no, uh, she always plays, plays that down, but... Uh, she was superb herself, scoring one six, um, absolutely brilliant again. Like last week, she scored six points again. But what was really positive, I suppose, to see from it was that there were seven different scores. Um, you know, you Dave Finnessy, Sarah Ryan, Marie Creedon, Eve Martin, and Marcy and Roshan Daly all checking in. Like so, that's huge. Like it, it, I suppose from when I was playing, I suppose Maloney was the dominant player that she'd always look for for a score. So. Um, it's great to see that there's other players now stepping up to the mark and uh, putting the ball over the bar back to the net. Yeah, well, you'd want Ashling to play her own game and not feel the pressure of kind of having to be the, the go-to score-getter for Tipperary. The fact that there's other people doing some heavy lifting with her must surely bring on her game a little bit. I'm conscious of, you know, in, you know, I was only watching Joe Canning's Laker Gale the other night and you just the pressure he put on himself because the expectation was so high. And to a certain extent, I feel that Ashling has that. Yeah, definitely. And look, I think while she was out injured, it was an opportunity as well for other players to step up. You had no choice only to be the scorers on the team when, when Maloney wasn't there. So um, maybe they've learned from that and they've they've boosted their own confidence. And like you said, they're yeah, running, that's fair, yeah. it's, it's after boosting Maloney's confidence as mm. well, um, having those type of players around them that are, are confident enough to put the ball over the bar at the back of the net. T- game's coming thick and fast. Who's next? Say that again. Games are coming thick and fast. It's every week on week at the moment. Do you know who's up next weekend? Yeah, Ross Taylor, David K, Ross Common there next weekend. Um, but look, it's great for them. Um, they have a massive panel there, so Peter can call on so many different players that are, I suppose, itching to get on to the starting 15 and, and show them what they're made of. So um, I think it's great. And as you said, look, it's always going to be great when, when, it's, when you're winning. Um, and hopefully they can keep that winning streak going. You wonder, like, what's Peter's objectives for the year? You know, you, 
uh, like we're senior county, so you know, wh- wh- where would the goals be set for this team? Is it getting out of Division Two a realistic goal for this team? Looking at like I, I know that Armagh had a significant win over Roscommon, who are our next opponent. So Armagh probably will be one of the teams we'll have to take down if we're going to have realistic pr- promotion chances. Yeah, definitely. In Armagh, we're in the Division Two um, All Ireland final last year, um, beaten by Kerry. So uh, they'll be tough opposition, but. Look, they're all games, they're all um, opportunities for Peter to learn about his players, for them to progress and to develop themselves um, and to work on their tactical ability as both going into championship. I suppose their main objective going forward would be definitely to retain senior status. I know that sounds um, a bit too obvious, but um, look, we found ourselves in a relegation battle the last number of years, and um, that's definitely a number one target, I suppose, for this year. Okay. And I, after winning the last two matches in the league, I have no doubt that they'd have great aspirations to be to be in a league final there in April. So um, if they keep going the way they are and building the way they are, I really think they're in with a great shout. Well, winning becomes a habit, as you well know, Sam. So yeah. uh, we'll just see how they go. Thanks indeed for your time and your efforts over the weekend. Many thanks. Thanks, Rowan. Thanks for having me. That's uh, Sam Lambert joining us there. My thanks to her. Let's have a quick word with Stephen Gleeson. Upper Churchland Band, they were the story of the summer with their exploits in both codes over the course of the senior championship in hurling and football. They did pick up a... They did pick up a junior A hurling title, if I'm correct, Stephen, and they've added a under 21B county title to it. That's it, Ronan. It just keeps going, and I suppose it reflects the good work that's been going on there for many years now. At this when you stage, have your medal um, presentations up in Upper Church, you're going to have to find a bigger hall. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's set now for uh, for March 4th, so that's going to be a really big night. Yeah. and like it's going to be a huge crowd at that and I mean the amount of teams getting medals is unprecedented really but the crop that are coming through now are, are really excellent you know and uh, some of the lads that were playing in the under 21 the last day lined out in the junior championship as well Oshin Tracy at full back he's a nephew of Mick Ryan um, that managed Tipperary and won all Ireland on the field for Tipperary playing hurling so he's there in full back and uh, you know Keith Ryan is part of the Tipperary senior football panel at the minute for David Power and he is you know an excellent hurler absolutely brilliant part of Brendan Cummins under 20s there last year and he was at 6 on Sunday there so those two are top class add in Pat Ryan who was part of that junior winning team last year another really good player former county minor and then you've Luke Shanahan as well another star player and also Paddy Phelan Ronan who uh, drove in that ball last year in the All-Ireland final against Offaly and uh, he floated in that ball yeah, who'll so forget that? Yeah, there's quality there all through, and those five young lads in particular now are outstanding players, and really they're the backbone of of, uh, of that team. Yeah, well, as I say, these are heady times for Upper Church Drumban. I'm delighted to see some more silverware going your way. Commiserations, killing all. Uh, we didn't get a chance last week to mention Thurla Sarsfield's winning the uh, A division of that um, of that competition. It kind of got shoehorned in at the end, the under twenty one, didn't it, Stephen? Yeah, it's happening in a few years now in a row. You know, it was usually around November, December, but it's kind of gone back to January now. And I don't think this was even a, a fully official county board run competition. It was um, all hosted out in Clonolty, Rossmore, part of the Dylan Quirk yeah. Foundation. And uh, like it's, it's, it's a great idea and it's 
brilliant out uh, there, but you'd like to fall. see a part of it. Yeah, you, wouldn't, you shouldn't be falling on a club to organise that. That's a counter. Oh, absolutely. I think it would be lovely to have that and have it finished within the, the 12 months, within the calendar year, you know, because um, the players are, you know, some of them lads are part of inter-county panels now and they'll be back in action and they're killing all lads as well there, you know. You've great players there like Kieran O'Dwyer, Oshin Shelley. Those guys are really good players. So they'll be back there. They're kind of training all year round with it. So it would be nice if, if somehow the window could be found to just play that off perhaps within 12 months. But like that's easier said than done as well. Yeah. Then there's such an amount of games that are taking place now in comparison to 10 years ago even. Absolutely. And I'm sure that there's commonality between that other 21 team and maybe your junior or your indeed your senior team as well in fo- hurling and football. Stephen, got a flight. Many thanks for your efforts. Thanks, Ron. Take it easy. That's Stephen Gleeson joining us there. Let's take a quick commercial break. Lots more to come in Extra Time. Don't go anywhere. Our text number is 083 311 back. Extra Time on Tip FM. Brought to you by La Heart Skoda. The new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out lahearts.ie for their latest offers. We're often cut for time on this show, no more so than last week when we struggled to fit in an awful lot of sports stories that I thought were really important. One of those was a, an interview I did with Sean O'Keefe, which was all too brief, but I wanted to return to that story because there's a number of things I think really stand out in Shauna O'Keefe's win because she won a national elite boxing title the previous week in the stadium. And these things are hard won now. Let Don't for a moment underestimate how hard it is to win an elite national title, any national title, when you're deemed to be the best in the country at your particular division. Uh, Martin Fennessy, one of the coaches in Clamell Boxing Club and a great friend of this programme is on the line. Martin, how are you? How are you, Ronan? The reason I think that this is such a special piece of news is because Shauna had boxed in two National League finals in the past. Tell us what happened in both those finals. Yes, in, tw- in 2016 she got through to the finals and Katie Taylor was her opponent, Olympic champion. And that was a massive thing at the time. Uh, she boxed very well that on the night. I saw and was beat, yeah. beat, Beaten on points. And the following year, 2017, she boxed Kelly Harrington. And both of them now are Olympic champions. So she was beaten in a split decision against Kelly Harrington. She'd done very well against Kelly Harrington. And uh, she got injured after that and had an operation and had another injury. But she's back fully and in, in great form, training very hard. We kept it, kept it quiet and we trained her very hard for the last four months. And she was outstanding and in Dublin last weekend. Well, she won her fight 5-0, so I mean, like, yeah. you know, it was a unanimous decision and uh, I saw the look of joy on your face, Martin, because, you know, I've seen you in the ring and in the corner when you won your first ever National League title with Connie Sheehan. Okay. Then, obviously, Dean Gardner won several National League titles, yeah. as did Con. This is your first female one, but it's only the third one that has come back to the club. Is this as pleasing as any of the previous two? It is, because she was a training partner with both Con Sheen and Dean Gardner and she went to the senior lease with them before so she's 14 years in the game so but it's a long time to wait but she, she stuck it out and she done it I suppose when you're in a congested field like that when you've got such quality of Taylor and Harrington ahead of you both Olympic gold medalists you yeah. must wonder whether or not your day in the sun is going That's to right. come yeah like like the, the year she boxed Kelly Harrington she beat Amy Broadhurst, which is probably one of the most decorated boxers in Irish boxing, a world champion. She, she beat her. Amy Broadhurst was, was, was the boxer of the tournament at the World Championships. Yes, but 
but uh, uh, our girl beat her uh, uh, in 2017 easily uh, and we thought that was our year but Kelly Harrington then was there so it's it's a tough tough sport tough game uh, high quality people at that level you know so Shauna is more mature now and is that oh, is, yeah. is that reflected in her boxing yes uh, she was always a very physical fit girl she she comes from a fitness background herself in her, in her work and all the years she she trained as well but she she's more mature uh, in her thought processes of technical boxing yeah, I just think it's a real inspiration story about not giving up. That oh, yeah. you know, if you stick at it for long enough, you will. You don't always get what you deserve in life, Martin, as we both know. And no. you don't always get what you deserve in sport, as you know better than I. Yeah. But I just think Shauna got her just desserts. She did, and, and, and she got a, a call up to the high performance unit in Abbotstown next Friday. And th- there's the European Games on in the summer, and there's the World Championships in New Delhi, and there's huge multinations all over the world. But those so hope, those World Championships get... serve as Olympic qualifiers then? Uh, no, I think the European Games, mind you. I don't think the world do. Okay. I don't think so. But are we? Ta- is that the conversation we might be having about, Sean? Yes, there's another senior league championships later in the year, and I'd say that one will have a huge bearing on Olympic qualifiers. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's just a yeah. marvellous, marvellous story. Yeah. Congratulate Shauna Forrest. It's a story we want just, to... Uh, yeah. The club won the best team, best club at the Waterford Tipperary County Championships last week. Yesterday, sorry. Uh, and we had a girl, Casey Joyce, got the best female boxer of the tournament as well. So the club is flying because of Shauna as well, you know. Yeah, I just think she, she really is an inspiration. So many inspirational young Tipperary women out there. She'd be inspiring young girls. Um, yeah. Courtney Maguire in athletics, Ashley yeah. Maloney in, in ladies football and so many of our Camogie stars as well and uh, you can add Sean O'Keefe to that list. Uh, absolutely. Martin, many thanks for joining us. I appreciate Very good, Ronan. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. Good luck and Bye. thanks. Uh, Martin Fancy, just on Sean O'Keefe's win, imagine going to two national finals, beating Amy Broadhurst on the way and then having to face Kelly Harrington and in the previous year you had to face none other than Katie Taylor the greatest women's boxer of all time one of the greatest amateur boxers of all time 083 311 Geraldine Canan's on the line Geraldine how are you? How you doing Ronan? Intercounty Camogie hasn't got up and running yet but we've had two significant wins in schools monster titles both A and B Yeah that's right and two uh, All-Ireland semi-finals look forward to this weekend Um uh, Ursuline Turlux obviously crowned Munster Senior A champions they beat Cashel the holders there two weeks ago and look forward to playing Loretto now on um, on Saturday that game is in Conhe at 12 o'clock and then in the St Mary's had a great win in the Munster Senior B final there at the weekend they beat um, Glenmire from Cork and they'll take on Loretto now the Leinster champions this Saturday or not Loretto sorry Gorey Community College or the Leinster Champions that game takes place this Saturday in Gorey so it's great to have two Tipperary schools out in, in All-Ireland semi-finals this Saturday Yeah and the fact that we had an all-Tipperary Munster final as well I didn't realise that the Ursuline took down the, the champions in Cashel Yeah it was fantastic to have two you know two schools from Tipperary in, in a Munster final was brilliant and it was a fantastic game of Camogie um, Ursuline coming out on top there in the final scoreline of 112-2-4 to and beating, you know, a star-studded Cashel team. Um, but there's huge work going on in the schools in Tipperary, and it was great to see. And, you know, looking at the, the panels there, even the Mary's team this 
this weekend as well. You'll see a lot of inter-county players, players that have come up through development squads, players that will be lining out with tip with minors under 16s here this year. So it's great to see. So um, it's very important for Camogie and Tipperary. No doubt about it. And, you know, we're talking about an all-tip all hearty cup final. You know, the, perhaps that Munster A final between Ursuline and Cashel deserved similar publicity. Yeah, and look, and it was a good turnout, it was a good crowd. Unfortunately, the cash were actually, the boys were playing the same day in the semi-finals, but, and so were the CBS Tours, but there was still a very good crowd, and I know some people raced back for it as well. Um, but it was a great turnout in Boerland, and a great great game of Camogie, and, you know, Arsene won the junior, which is under 16 and a half, All-Ireland final last year. Um, so, you know, the players are coming up now, and on that senior team, and really impressive, and, they're playing Loretto now on Saturday, a team that's um, the best in the junior, actually, All-Ireland last year as well. So, And our Stein junior team, actually, in a Munster final as well. That was postponed at the weekend, but it'll probably take place now the weekend of February the 12th. So that's to look forward to. It's a school, actually, the Ursuline, with a proud sporting tradition. They're possibly better known as a hockey school, but I'd say Camogie may well be supplanting that. Yeah, look, I suppose a lot of that is down to Livia Hogan there from, from Killadangan. Um, she's a great camogie woman and, you know, she teaches her in school. And like like you said, I suppose they were second fiddle to hockey for a long time. But I think camogie's up there on an equal pecking now. And, um, you know, Olivia has been the manager of all those teams that have been successful. And there's a some amount of players have come through our spine there and they've gone on and played with Tip and played other camogie with their clubs and stuff like that. So... Um, fairness, fair play to them, and likewise St Mary's Nina. You know, huge work being done there for years, and you know they had huge success at Senior A a long time ago, and compete now at Senior B, and you know very impressive there at the weekend as well. Um, you know it's not easy to go down to Cork and beat a Cork team, and they went six points to one down early um, in the first half, and you know came back at a half time six to eight, and you know got the goals there in, in the second half to to run out five point winners. It was four ten to one fourteen, so really good St Mary's team as well and um, they have to travel to Goring now to play the All-Ireland semi-final on Saturday and it's just to wish that both schools the very best look and it'd be great to have Tipperary teams in an All-Ireland final You better believe it just when you think it's a quiet time of the year for you the schools come and make life busy for you but it's a good busy so listen we'll talk to you next Monday night and hopefully we'll have some success to be discussing Perfect, Ron. Thanks very much. Not at all, Joe. Take care of yourself. That's uh, Geraldine Canan, who's PRO of the Camogie Board. Lots still to come. 083 311 Let's say good evening to Barry Ryan. How are you, Barry? Good evening, Ron. How are you? I'm well. A little bit more time to have a conversation, a proper conversation with you tonight. And we start with remiss and apologies to our friends in St. Michael's last week because we didn't have time to cover their FAI Junior Cup exploits. They're into the last 16 and... You know, people are tired of me telling them how hard it is to get to this stage in such a big national competition. Yeah, look, the biggest knockout competition of its type in Europe. Uh, everybody knows the FAI Junior Cup, the Holy Grail. Um, such a difficult competition to win. And, you know, I say, Michael, just there, the Masters in recent years are going on the road wherever it may be and getting the job done. Um, and look, it was that man again, Paul Breen, um, comes up with two big goals. Um, especially after going 1-0 down up in Dublin as well. Very difficult to go to Dublin in this competition, but to come from behind as well, really, really impressive. Yeah, and what was their their reward in the last 16? I think they got a home tie, if memory serves. So they have a home tie to Hibs of Waterford. Hibs of Waterford, correct, yes. Yeah, which, look, it's a decent tie. Uh, Hibs are, are a good side, a decent side. Uh, always knocking around the last 16, last 32 of the Munster and the FEI. Uh, second in the Waterford League behind uh, Villa FC. <laughs> have only lost one game this season domestically, and that was the Villa FC. So and Villa will be one of the best side. junior teams in Ireland. In the country, the current holders of the FEI Junior Cup. So, look, uh, it's, it's a decent tie 
try in terms of I think St. Michael's would have been happy to avoid Salt Hill Devon and Fairview Rangers and maybe Ballinanti. Um but after that Hibs would have been a team looked at you know if you were going to take them they would have been happy to be at home but it's not it's by no means a, a simple tie but it's not the worst tie they could have got Let's have a word on Peak Villa because Peak Villa are still on the march in the Munster Junior Cup their B team unfortunately no longer Yes B team beaten by Springfield uh, And the irony is weekend. that now Peak A team have Springfield Yeah so I mean literally they couldn't have got a better read um, on them and the B team missed the penalty to go 3 all on Sunday in that game uh, which is a pivotal moment and then Springfield go down the other end and score uh, so look, Peak Villa will be really, really pleased with that draw, um, avoiding the aforementioned Villa FC um, and Fairview and so on. So look, it's a good draw. Um, they went behind on Sunday twice, one nil down and 2-1 down in the first half. So um, had to kind of, you know, it was a bit of a bumpy ride down in Cork, but got the job done um, and they'll move on. But this weekend, um, the league takes centre stage and it's a huge clash in Town against or in the complex against Town. I, just on peak, I mean, they had to bounce back from the disappointment of the Killarney Celtic game. And the fact they came from behind twice in that uh, Munster Junior, you know, maybe they learned something from the FAI defeat to Killarney. Yeah, look, the Killarney game was a huge disappointment for them. Uh, completely dominated the game. Killarney broke once. Stephen McCarthy, who's a a really, really top striker in, in junior football has now left after the game to go to League of Ireland with Kerry FC. So look, that was his part and gift. He's knocked them out of the FAI Junior Cup with a brilliant finish. Uh, but Killarney have been knocking around. They've been a good side in the Munster Junior, the FAI Junior in recent seasons. It wasn't a simple tie, but Big Phillip were really, really disappointed to lose the game. So to go to Cork seven days later and to go behind twice and see it out and get back into the game is a good testament to their character. Uh, but I suppose the real defining game will be this Sunday. The league is number one priority for Peak Villa. They'll so? be delighted to fly, to fly the flag in once. Peak Villa have only won two league titles in their 60-year history. They haven't won a league title in over a decade. Uh, it'll be the total number one priority. And the players have said that over and over the season. Uh, I was told after the Pike game that they were in the bar in Pike celebrating after the win. And several players turned around at the table and goes, this is great, but it's all about the league. Well, that makes this weekend's game against Town so important. Town didn't have a have a game this weekend because of a, a tragedy in you know a tragic passing within the club. Um, so they'll have a, that week off while Peak are going week on week. Is that in the complex? It is. So I mean, Town haven't lost. Uh, they haven't lost a league match this this year. So it could well decide the outcome of the league. Well, Town, St. Michael's and Peak Villa are all unbeaten. Um, St. Michael's and Peak Villa have 100% records. Town have dropped two points. So Town will probably feel they need to go and win this one on Sunday. Peak Villa will probably take a point. But this is going to be a rip-roaring game. It's going to be the first of the, the clashes between the top three will decide the league. And this is the first clash between any of the top three. So St. Michael's will sit in the long grass and I wonder maybe they'd be happy with a draw. Both sides dropping points. Uh, but it's, it's going to have a massive bearing on who wins the title. I'm just fascinated that with the success they've had in the Munster Junior and maybe could well go on and do really well in that, that the league is just their priority. And I suppose when you put it in those terms, two league titles in 60 years and have to run it for a decade, you can see why. Yeah, yeah sick, you and look tired, at sick and tired of playing second fiddle like. Yeah, like you look at players like Pippi Carroll, Keith Cal, Sean Wade, Michael Wade. They've been around a long time. Now. They have no medal. They've won a, they have a tip cup medal, but they've no league medal. They've no Munster Junior. They've no FAI Junior. You won't win Munsters and FAIs until you win leagues. You have to, to go and get that silverware and win a league before you can start worrying about outside competitions. But even if you said to St. Michael at the start of the season, 
their goal was to win the league again, to be the first team in history to win seven in a row. You win your your league is your bread and butter, and everything is based off that. Uh, and Peakville are desperate to win the league. Yeah, it's just absolutely fascinating insight there. Let's have a quick look at the, some of the results from the weekend. I suppose uh, V Rovers got their first points, but it's probably too little too late for them with that draw that they secured against two mile bars. And uh, Wilderness um, Wilderness Rovers getting points uh, with two mile bars. Yeah, tail and late goals. Um, two mile bars were 2 0 up with 15 minutes to go. And Wildey's equalised with a long throw into the box in the injury time, the last kick of the game, which is exactly what they did to Clamont Town, a long throw coming from 3 down in that game, um, that day in Wilderness. So just huge credit to Wilderness in terms of they stay going to the final whistle. And in terms of late goals, Cashel were 2-1 down to V in what would have been a huge result at the other end of the table. And Kyle Ryan equalised in the, literally at the death as well. So how big a goal will that prove to be? Barry, an education as always. Many thanks. Thank you very much, Ron. Take care. That's all we've time for you. We'll talk to you next Tuesday night. Bank holiday next week. So we'll talk to you next Tuesday night. You know, Connor Produce, talk to you next week. Good night. Look.